I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome in to a live edition of the Yards After College podcast powered by KSLSports.com and the new and improved KSL Sports app, which you can find on the uh, Google Play Store and on the Apple App Store as well. But alongside me today uh, to celebrate this remarkable holiday that we have here in the United States of America, it's the NFL Draft and alongside me is the one and only of KSL Sports Live the anchor extraordinaire, Sam Farnsworth, <laughs> and our Utah Utes insider, Michelle Bodkin. Thanks for hopping on, guys. Are you guys as excited about the NFL draft as I am? I've been waiting for this day for like, I don't know, four months. It's, uh, yeah, it's huge. I mean, uh, love the NFL draft. It's a lot of fun, obviously, for the fans. Uh, it's a lot of stress for players waiting to hear their names and a lot of work for the teams that are out there doing doing their homework, making their draft boards, getting ready to finally put it all into motion. So, um, yeah, this is this is definitely one of the premier days of the NFL season, which of course is January to January. But this is <laughs> yeah. this, this is a great day. This league uh, goes nonstop for sure. No, this is draft day and like senior day to me are some of the best days because it's just you see hard work kind of get paid off and rewarded and and it's i i love seeing people's dreams come true um and sometimes sometimes not come true uh as it were but most mostly come true so uh, i love the nfl draft and i'm so excited to see where some of our locals end up so i yeah. I, I do have a draft hot take kyle um, well, well it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the arts after college <laughs> podcast without that sam i expect one from you every time so uh, the NFL draft is overrated. There's my hot take. Let me know. Let me, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. It's, it is it, it's it is to an extent, right? It, it's a huge deal. The first round's a big deal, obviously, because you get that extra year. Uh, teams get that extra year on the sure. player they draft, that fifth-year option. Uh, it's a big deal for the guys being drafted because there's a little more of a guarantee. But still, not always. You still, after being drafted, it doesn't mean you're on the team yet. You have to agree to a contract still and work all that out. But – well, the reason why I say that, especially once you get beyond the third round, uh, it really doesn't matter if you're picked or not, as long as you get an invitation from a team. Like all those players, they're going to be lumped into that same category, in my opinion. And then once you go out to training camp, that's when you earn your your stripes and earn your spot on a team. So uh, the reason why I say that is like for all the fans out there that are worried about, uh, you know, X player or Y player being drafted this weekend and they don't hear their name, don't freak out just yet. 
the draft is somewhat overrated in that sense. Remember what happened to Britton Covey, to Tyler Huntley. I mean, the list goes on for locals who've made teams. Taysom Hill, right, uh, that were never drafted. So, And it's probably going to happen this weekend to some of uh, your favorite Utes or Cougars out there. So just chill. It's all good. But, yeah, the draft's a little overrated. I think that's There's a good take. take. I think it's an accurate yeah. take. I don't, I don't, I don't agree take. with the – I don't love the phrasing of the hot, the hot take. <laughs> that, that's why an accurate take. It's an accurate take. <laughs> Especially, right. I mean, there's there's over 70 guys right. on NFL rosters uh, with ties to the state of Utah, either played high school football here or they played at one of the college universities uh, that's around the state. So pretty cool to see that group of 70 get added to this weekend. And – the first guy that we're probably going to hear his name, uh, hopefully tonight. And uh, I'm interested to see where you might think that he lands in this. But, Michelle, uh, it looks like Dalton Kincaid's going to be the, the premier guy coming out of the state of Utah. Uh, obviously, he played tight end for the Utes the last couple of seasons and really had some breakout years and uh, an amazing game against USC this last year that just you know had NFL scouts raving about him. But what have you heard about Dalton Kincaid? What can fans expect as the NFL draft is about to get underway in less than three hours uh, from now? Where should uh, where should fans be kind of expecting him to be going? What range are you looking at? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I off air, you know, I was talking to you about I had an interesting conversation with a friend that's very well connected and uh, they were saying to watch the Lions with that six pick. Um, it, it, it seemed a little high to me, uh, but they said when, when they asked some of their pals that, that run around the Lions club about, you know, Dalton and what are you choosing to do and what, what are you going to do with that six pick? They got silence. Um, so that kind of raises some questions. Are the Lions really thinking about either using it, using that sixth pick to get Dalton Kincaid, or are they going to trade it to kind of maybe move into a better position to get Dalton Kincaid? Um, Outside of that, kind of, I think what I've been hearing is once we get into the teens, that's really kind of where people think uh, we're going to see movement on them uh, and really kind of starting with the Packers in that 13th pick, which I would not be angry about. I'm, I'm a longtime Packers fan. Uh, kind of have moved away from it a little bit because I'm more interested in where the guys I covered ended up and the Packers never take former Utes. So uh, there just hasn't been a lot of interest there. So it'd be fun to have some interest in in Green Bay for me again. Yeah, that'd be an amazing landing spot. I know, Sam, we were talking about it kind of going on Twitter this week about uh, potential landing spots for some of these guys. And you you put out your mock draft earlier this week, which uh, people, if you want to go and check that out, it's on kslsports.com uh, in just one of our, our sub stories right now on the front page. But Sam broke down the whole first round. And um, uh, if I'm not mistaken there, Sam, you had Dalton Kincaid going 13th overall to the Packers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, selfishly, I think it'd be cool for us covering the locals in the <laughs> NFL every week because, you know, with Jordan, Jordan Lovey, yeah. the quarterback now, there'd be that connection every single time he caught a touchdown mm-hmm. pass. Yeah, I mean, I so I, I had him going 15th, right? And then the trade happened for Aaron Rodgers, right. which moved the pick up two spots. And, and I'm like, look, I still think when it comes to the Packers, if 
for for my analysis or take whatever i think they're the first team really on that list that will prioritize tight end in the draft in the early in the draft i'm not saying it's necessarily going to be at pick 13 but they're going to prioritize a tight end early in this draft and um and so dalton kincaid if you know, for my two cents is the number one tight end coming into the draft. Uh, if you're looking for a draft early and you want a guy that's been compared to like Travis Kelsey or, you know, Stevenson Sylvester comes on and, and talks about the draft uh, here on KSL Sports Live. He compared him to Tony Gonzalez, right? That was his mm-hmm. NFL comp to Dal- Those are some pretty good names yeah. to be compared to. And if you're looking at a tight end that can be on your roster for, you know, seven to 10 seasons, uh, holding down that position, making plays for your offense, uh, then you you have to consider if and if Dalton Kincaid's the answer for that, then you have to consider using that 15th pick or losing getting an opportunity at taking him or, or excuse me 13th pick now mm-hmm. or losing that opportunity. Um, but so I think that's as early as we might see him go. Uh, probably the sweet spot is somewhere between like 18 and and 23 ish in that ballpark. You know, um, uh, I see the the Lions are on there at 18 again, and you talked about the Lions potentially being interested. Uh, at six, I think down w- with that 18th pick is right in their wheelhouse again. If they're still looking for uh, a tight end, uh, the Commanders there in the 16th, there you know the, potentially they're talking tight end as well. But I would be pretty surprised if uh, Dalton didn't go before like the the 23, 24 range. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a lot of mocks too where he's going to. I think it's 21 to the Chargers, mm-hmm. um, even like 26 to the Cowboys, 28 to the Bengals. Like, I don't I don't think that there's a high likelihood that Dalton slides into the tomorrow, into the second round. Uh, I think that we'll see him definitely go tonight by at least the, the mid to late 20s there. I mean, there's only 31 picks tonight, too. There's right. there's one fewer pick than normal because the Dolphins forfeit their pick. But uh, I do think that Dalton is is the, the one guy that people can kind of – I don't know if I want to use a Sharpie, but maybe some, some – <laughs> erasable pen i don't know they have those right still yeah and uh you can put it that in that as opposed to pencil and uh i think it'd be pretty fun to see that connection with the packers so i'm secretly hoping for that but there are a few other players uh that we can expect to go this weekend michelle and a handful of them are from the university of utah obviously kincaid headlining them but who are some of the other uh former youths that we can keep an eye on uh maybe tomorrow and then also on saturday I, I think Clark Phillips is kind of the next one that that comes to mind. And honestly, it's interesting seeing how this whole process has played out because at first it was Clark that was talked about as being the fir- the obvious first first round pick um, right. for Utah. And then Kincaid kind of came out of nowhere. People realized that you know, Clark's maybe a little short. Uh, but but the thing that, you know I'm hearing about Clark is that the teams that love Clark they don't care how tall he is. And so, you know, I think someone's going to snatch him up really quick, very much like Dalton, just like a great attitude, a team player, puts his nose down, does the work, wants to be great. Um, and that that's the kind of guys that the NFL is looking for. They don't want to babysit anyone. And you're not going to have to babysit Dalton. You're not going to have to babysit Clark. Uh, I think the guy – that's maybe in a lot of ways improved his stock the most is Braden Daniels on the offensive line. He had a very impressive showing at the NFL combine continue that in pro day. Some people think he's maybe a third round pick. Uh, I think that's exciting. I've seen him anywhere from the third round to the fifth round just kind of depends. And then 
the guy that maybe came out of nowhere uh, that that just wasn't really on anybody's radar is Muhammad Diabate. Uh, you know, he and he very well could be a case in point of you have a great pro day and all of a sudden you give yourself a chance. Uh, I believe he's been kind of posted in that fifth round area. That's not a bad place for a guy like him to go, I don't think. Uh, and I'm thinking about, you know, kind of another comp, different position, but Robert Johnson years ago had a great pro day, uh, was maybe a little bit off the radar, and he got taken in the fifth round by the Tennessee Titans and had a had a decent career, uh, got in, was ended a little bit short, but I mean, Mumad could very well put together, you know, a kind of career like that. Yeah, I yeah agree. Sam. I was just going to ask you to add, who do you think uh, would be the most likely team to select Clark Phillips? Because it seems like there was that time where he was, you know, maybe four months ago or so, as we were kind of wrapping the season up, he was, you know, fringe first round. And then now his range is kind of, you know, in that day two area between the second and third round. But I mean, there's a lot of teams that are looking at this stacked cornerback class. I mean, this is really good. Uh, cornerback group this year and so some of those guys are going to go tonight obviously and mm-hmm. probably you know even in the top 10 the guys like christian gonzalez another pac-12 product but um you know after those kind of top guys go tonight i think that there might be a run on corners early tomorrow is there a team that you think yes. that would be a good fit for clark uh there's a there's a handful of teams that come to mind you know when, when i first think of it you, you mentioned how deep this uh, cornerback class is. It's pretty impressive. And, and unfortunately for Clark, uh, that's maybe part of the reason why it's slid. And just because there's so many of these, I don't think it has anything to do against Clark's abilities, you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, you, you know, Michelle mentioned his, his size and measurables at the combine. I mean, it, it is what it is, but every time you pop in the tape and you see him play, it's just like, my goodness, what, what are we missing here? I mean, there's a reason why the guy's a consensus All-American. There's a reason why, uh, you know, he, he's been as amazing as he was at the U and the reason why that he was considered at one point as a first-round prospect, right? He didn't do anything to hurt that status. I think there's just more corners who've risen up as well. So, um, yeah, someone's going to be super happy, mm-hmm. I think, uh, by the end of, of tomorrow's you know third round ballpark to the fourth round on on day three someone's gonna be super happy to get clark if he's floating around down there because um they're getting a guy who's a a first round talent so uh as far as teams go i I looked at the teams that that need a cornerback that need to address cornerback in the draft that may not be or have a cornerback as their top one or two priorities because that's about when you start thinking you know third and fourth round um just throwing out a few names maybe the cardinals colts and commanders are the three that i kind of came up with they all should i in my opinion they all should uh, take a pick or two to address the cornerback in this draft and come late tomorrow those teams uh, should be looking right at two years ago americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the kabul airport there's desperation and anguish more than eighty thousand afghans have since arrived in america But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Mark Phillips. 
You're uh, you're tuning in right now to a, a live edition of the Yards After College podcast powered by KSLSports.com. Um, if you're listening right now and you have a question for myself, Sam, or Michelle, you can actually uh, post that in and we can see those comments come in. So if you have any questions about uh, the NFL drafts as a whole, um, just any, any, any general questions about tonight or this weekend or any of the local guys that uh, are going to hear their names called this weekend or even sign a free agent deal on Saturday. I expect there to be a, a nice number of, uh, of those contracts that come out and we'll be busy on Saturday afternoon as well after the draft's mm-hmm. even over. But uh, I wanted to move on and uh, Michelle, I still want your takes on this, but we're going to talk oh. about a rival squad. We're going <laughs> to talk about uh, a team a little bit South of the university of Utah and that's uh, BYU. Now BYU has a, a group of players that, should hear their names called this weekend, or at least is projected uh, right now to hear their names called. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, a couple of guys in particular, uh, Jaron Hall, obviously the quarterback for BYU the last couple of seasons. And then uh, Blake Freeland, who had an outstanding NFL combine uh, broke the NFL's uh, combine record for offensive linemen in the vertical jump, uh, just an athletic freak. And uh, a bunch of these guys, it's pretty cool, too, because they're not only like college products, but, you know, talking about Jaron and Blake and a couple of these other players that that are in this group of uh, guys to talk about this weekend. But they played high school football here, too. So, like, they're totally entrenched in the local scene. Um, But Blake played at Harriman. Jaron played at Maple Mountain and uh, have continued on uh, to be in the scene here. But uh, it's interesting to me, Sam. We were going kind of back and forth on uh, Mel Kuyper's big board earlier today on Twitter, and Jaron wasn't even in his top 10 a couple of days ago. And now he's in, I think he's number eight on Mel's big board. But it just shows me, like, how much this, like, lying season, right? Like, I mean, even, like, Jaron, who's not going to be a first-round pick, probably isn't even a second-round pick, maybe third round to, I don't know, seventh round, fourth to seventh round, somewhere in there is probably where he's going to go, but... I think for him, it's more about he. Everybody kind of knows what Jaron isn't, but it's what he is that he can mm-hmm. bring to a team. He's not going to be, you know, the biggest guy in the room, but he's an athletic player. Uh, he's a smart player, and I think it's going to be about fit with these guys that aren't the first round kind of quarterbacks. It's all about, you know, I mean, like Brock Purdy was Mister Irrelevant last year, and he ended up landing with the Forty ers Injuries set him up. And now he's in a great spot because of it. So it's it's all about fit. But maybe just could you could you kind of break down? I know that at the end of your mock, you kind of put some other predictions in for not first round players, but some of these local guys. Where do you I you know Jaron Hall and Blake Freeland ending up? Yeah, so Jaron's super interesting, right? Because a year ago, by the end of uh, by the end of the twenty twenty one season. Uh, people that that I know that are heavily involved with with NFL draft and NFL draft analysis, they liked him in, in round one and two, right? And that was a year ago. He didn't do anything to hurt his status. I don't think this last year, uh, he didn't do anything really to boost it either. But these other quarterback, this is just a quarterback driven class too, though, right? You look at the other names in this class, and and again, similar to what we're seeing with Clark Phillips, you know, his name. Uh, has has slid in a bit. The, I think BYU's win loss record didn't help. You know, when you're coming off of two 10 plus win seasons, that all that's going to boost everyone who's thinking about going to the NFL. And then you have a down year, kind of like last year. Uh, it it hurts a bit. So Jaron going, 
I mean, I think there's a broad range for him. You know, I think fourth round is about when you start to listen for his name, but it could go all the way to undrafted with him even, you know what I mean? So uh, it's, it's super interesting, but I think there's a fit for him. I mean, you look at uh, what he's done the last two years, his touchdown to interception ratio is outstanding. His completion percentage is amazing. He makes plays with his feet. He's smart. You know, he, he's able to um, uh, keep, keep uh, the play alive in, in the pocket, right. With his feet before he even commits to running and, 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 you know, you look at the tape, it's all there for, and his arm strength too, you know, uh, everyone, he's got, he's got the, the things that everyone looks for in a NFL quarterback question is fit. Just like you said, if he can find the right fit where they're going to have some patience with him, training him, hopefully a good veteran quarterback to mentor him. I think he's got a great opportunity to have a good future in the NFL. So, I mean, you know, whichever teams those are, by the time we get to, to the middle of day three, that are still looking at quarterback. Those are the teams. Uh, I, I didn't really pick any specific, you know, team that that I think he would maybe fit at best. But uh, that's about where you'll see him come off the board. Now, Blake Freeland, on the other hand, um, man, what an NFL combine he had in pro day, right? The, and just like what Michelle was talking about with Braden Daniels, mm-hmm. Free, Freeland did the same thing. His stock really shot because of a great workout at the combine. Um, and so now, I mean, Sly even said you know, late first to, to mid second round is when you could see Blake go off the board. I think that's probably a little generous, but I wouldn't be surprised if a second or third round pick is used to take Blake Freeland um, just because of how freaky athletic he is as a tackle and, and just the size that he has, right? You go, you talked about his days at Harriman. I mean, I, I see the, the guys I work with here, pull up his old high school tape. And when he was a starting quarterback Basketball or football, <laughs> but yeah, well, I mean, they got, they got tape of when he was a starting quarterback tape of when right. he was a starting tight end and he's just long and lean and quick. And, and now he's this massive, same athleticism, but massive uh, player that, that can be on the offensive line. So there's going to be a lot of interest in him. He's going to have to be polished a bit, you know, in, in the, in the NFL uh, to become a good, really good NFL blocker, but he's man, the, the talent and the ceiling is just unlimited for him. Yeah, no, he's he's a super exciting prospect. And, again, he plays such a critical position, too. And mm-hmm. so I'm interested to see, you know, how he can use that athleticism at the next level. Because if you're if you're a good tackle in this league, and especially left tackles, I mean, you can make a lot of money. And uh, we've seen how they've been paid in recent years. So that would be, be pretty fun to see. But There's the four, um, the, for me, the four prime positions in the draft, everything else is just kind of plug holes. But the four prime positions in the draft where you look for um, franchise cornerstones for a decade, right? A, a decade fit tackle, quarterback, cornerback, and an edge a pass rusher. Um, you know, whether it's an outside linebacker, defensive end, those are the four. And so, yeah, Blake is one of, one of those. They're valuable. They're super valuable. That's why you see – that's why you see the boring offensive linemen going in the first round because they're so valuable. Yeah, no, it's it's true. Um, another guy I wanted to touch on uh, from BYU before we move on is uh, Puka Nakua. Um, I, I'm interested to see where Puka ends up because, I mean, he participated at the Combine but uh, didn't really do uh, many of the, like, measurement kind of drills and stuff until the, the pro day at BYU. Uh, he caught passes at the Combine in Indy, but – uh, didn't run a forty and those types of things, but um, where do you where do you expect Puka to go? Is he is he one of those guys that you know is leaning more towards an undrafted free agent signing, or do you think he could sneak into the sixth or seventh round? I, I think it's leaning towards not being drafted, right? But that's not a, again, it's not a bad thing at all because there, I I guarantee you, there's. 
probably a dozen teams that have him on their list right now. Puka, right? That they're interested in having him on their team. But they also know there's a really good chance of him being available as soon as the draft ends to give him a call and uh, and try to get him out onto their, their team um, for training camp. And the great great thing about that for Puka is he gets to choose right? He's get, he gets the option. It's almost like being a free agent. Now you don't always get a guaranteed deal out of it, but let's, let's go back to last year with Rashid Shahid. He wasn't drafted. He got a two-year guaranteed contract worth a lot of money for not being drafted. And midway through the year, he gets thrust into a opportunity to make a play and he made big play after big play. And now uh, he's on that 53 man squad in new Orleans. Right. So it can have, he's probably their second best wide receiver too. Right. I mean, like it's all about opportunity. Right. So it can happen. It can happen. Anyway. And I think Puka, that's going to be a similar opportunity for him is it's likely going to be an invitation as an undrafted player, but he's got the skills and the work ethic to make it. Uh, now I want to touch on a couple of other players. These aren't guys that played college football in Utah, but they had standout high school careers here and went uh, out of state for, uh, for the next couple of years to play at some big time programs. And Michelle, you obviously cover Utah, but you also cover the Pac-12. And I wanted mm-hmm. to, to ask you about a couple of these guys. Um, I know that only one of them here played in the Pac-12, but uh, Sam, this is kind of directed at you as well. But uh, you've got Siaki Ika, who went to LSU, uh, played at Baylor after his high school career at East. Uh, you've got Noah Sewell, who went from just being a freak of a player on both offense and defense at Orem to now he's, you know, a standout linebacker at Oregon the last couple of seasons. And then uh, Cameron Latu, who is a, a standout defensive player at Olympus high goes to Alabama. They flip him over, make him a tight end. And now he's going to, you know, probably hear his name drafted this weekend. Uh, what do you expect from, from some of these guys and how have you kind of seen them grow since their high school careers through, through where they're, uh, you know, are at today now that they've had, you know, some pretty outstanding college careers as well. I mean, it's interesting because all three of them have been tied to Utah at one point in time. Obviously that's not where they chose to go or ultimately ended up. Uh, Noah is obviously the one I've witnessed and watched a lot more closely just with him being up at Oregon and Utah constantly playing Oregon. Uh, You know, that school family is just so talented. (laughs) They're so talented. Uh, and it's it's been a lot of fun seeing these kids kind of grow up and, and come through all poly, choose whatever college they, they chose to go to. Uh, most of them were Oregon and then Nevada and then Utah. Uh, but I mean, just just so much fun seeing seeing them grow, seeing the potential. Obviously, I think Noah's the last one, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, a little bit of an end of an era here. Uh but I, I think he has a future in the NFL. Uh, kid plays hard. Uh, he, uh, To be honest, I mean, he was probably one of the only Oregon players that looked like he still cared two years ago <laughs> when Utah beat the snot out of him in, in that Pac-12 championship mm-hmm. game. I mean, he was still playing like there was a chance to win. and Because he was going against his brother. He had family ties on the line in that game. (laughs) I I mean, yes, there there is that. But he's just a baller. He's a baller. And and NFL teams look at that. Like, they look at that. Game's well over, but are are you still playing with pride? And he absolutely did that that day. So that's my two cents on on that one. Uh, The other two... I, I'm a little less familiar with mm-hmm. with them being in the SEC, but 
You know, it's it's just it's exciting to have Utah talked about as a whole, right? Uh, because we have talent not only at the college level by bringing guys in from other places, but we also produce our own talent too that gets yeah. exported out outward. Yeah, so that's three players that you you listed off there: Kyle Siaki, Ikano Sewell, and Cam Latu that played high school football in our state. And as of last week, Utah is the fifth. Uh, per capita, the fifth most NFL players per capita in this country, right? We produce talent. We might be a small state, but we produce amazing football talent. Then you add that on to all the people who come from out of state, but funnel their way through a college here in Utah, whether it's Southern Utah, Weber State, BYU, Utah State, or Utah, there's players from all five of those schools at the NFL right now. And so, man, it is amazing. I remember uh, two... uh, was it two summers ago when I was at the, the Pac-12 Media Days, I did a story on just all of the the Utah-grown talent that was playing throughout the Pac-12, and I interviewed several of their coaches, and they, they talked about how, yeah, they, they try to keep it a secret, Utah, because it is a, a recruiting hotbed now. It's a great place to go find talent. And those are three guys that you mentioned. Now these are three guys that are all going to be drafted. Uh, every single one of them are going to be drafted as early as the second round. Uh, and so, I mean, I think Ika's got a good chance at going – maybe late second round, early third round, Noah Sewell, maybe third to fourth round. But um, man, it's just awesome to see, you know, I, you guys know, I, I moved away for a while. I was in Colorado for more than a decade and, and it was hard. Like I, I, I wasn't as close to, to the high school scene here. Right. So I didn't follow it as closely, but out there, I was like, how come we don't have more players out of Colorado going to big division one schools, you know? And that was my thought division schools. Now I'm here in Utah. It's like, how many players out of high school do we have that are going to go to the NFL? You know, it's a totally different uh, breeding ground, I guess you can say for football talent, but man, Utah is just an amazing state for football. Oh, it's true. It's, it's a really exciting thing to see. I mean, I have a spreadsheet that I track all of the local NFL guys on and, you know, so when they sign with the new team, I go update it or, you know, they, they move over from the XFL or USFL. I'm like, OK, I got to update my my NFL one. And that list, I mean, in the last three years, it's just continued to grow. I've had to add more spots into oh, this BYU section, this Utah section expands out here and uh, pretty cool. And also the the high school guys. I mean, there's yeah a dozen or so that are, uh, you know, high school players that are now in the NFL. Pretty cool to see. Um I want to, before we wrap this up, talk about the NFL draft as a whole, now that we've kind of zeroed in on the local players, but I know that both of you love watching the NFL as much as I do. And uh, I want to know, you know, you've got Matt Glade behind you. I see Sam and his team's got the number one pick tonight. I know he's excited about that. I'm not so excited about what his team's (laughs) pick is going to do to my team's pick, but uh, it might benefit your team. I hope so. I hope so. We'll, (laughs) We'll find out. I just, I, I, I'm interested to see how things shake out tonight because there's been all of these rumors the last, you know, 14 days and, you know, Will Levis goes from being a guy who's going to be taken 19th overall to now he's favored to go second overall. Like what's the lie? What's not, you know, I, I mean, I just, I want it to be over with so I can have some peace in my life, but I will ask both of you, what's your prediction for like the crazy thing that's going to happen tonight, just general NFL. Like what team do you think is going to make a jump? Like, you know, do the Patriots try and trade in the top 10 or, mm. you know, 
does Seattle try and, you know, they have a quarterback already, but do they try and jump up to two or three to, to add one of these younger quarterbacks in? I mean, there's so many rumors out there right now. What do you think is the, the crazy thing that's going to happen? And I'll start with you, Michelle, and then we'll go Sam. You know, I'll, I'll stick with my little scoop that I got about the lions. I like, I'm just so curious. What, why, why was there silence when this was brought mm-hmm. up? Uh, why, why wasn't it like a, Oh no, that's just really ridiculous and silly. And maybe it has nothing to do with Dalton. Maybe, maybe it's something else that they're planning on doing with that sixth pick, but it just, it's, it's got me a little bit alert. What, what are you guys planning on doing? What are you doing? So uh, that that's what I think I'm going to have my eye on. Hey, I'm curious t- now. If you tweet that out and it happens, like keep the receipt. That's all I say. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. For sure. I mean, that would be, that'd be pretty awesome. Um, man, this is tough because it feels like, you know, what's going to happen in these first few picks, but um, I'll say this and it's not that crazy, but I'll say this. I'll say Will Anderson goes top two. How's that, right? I already have him going third, but so it's not that crazy. But when you look at the Panthers and, and Texans being very quarterback needy teams, it'd be kind of a shock if they didn't go for one. But I'll say this about Will Anderson, and I go back to my four position players that you can bank on for a decade, like when when the Broncos drafted Patrick Sertan the second two years ago. I mean, he's already all pro. I mean, this is a guy who's going to be a lockdown corner for a decade. Those are hard to come by. You take them if you can get them, right? Okay. And and I feel like quarterback is still there's a lot of uncertainty even when you're taking one in the top two or three picks in the draft because they have to fit your system. They have to develop. They still have, you, you still don't know what's going through the mind when they're behind center, but there's certain positions out there that, um, that are just like the talent is unquestionable. And that is Will Anderson. That guy is an amazing yeah. pass rusher. I think he's going to be amazing in the NFL and for whoever gets them, they're getting a, a franchise pass rusher. And so, uh, I, I still feel like he's a top three pick, but let's all, it, it's not that crazy. I know, but I'll say, uh, I'll say he goes top two. How's that? I like it. I think Will Anderson's a freak. He's going to yeah. be really good for 10 years at least. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just one of those guys that's like, he, he probably would have been the number one overall pick had he been able to come out last year. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he would have been. Yeah. It's pretty crazy that he's probably going to lose like ten million dollars just because he wasn't <laughs> able to go he wasn't able to leave school in time like that's just wild to me but now, uh look I, if 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 the panthers take anthony richardson then maybe the colts what is it cj or bryce who do you want uh if it's between cj and bryce i want bryce but yeah. if as a colts fan we'll see i hope that it's either cj stroud bryce young or anthony richardson I do not want Will Levis. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I I still don't see. I don't know. Whatever. Will Levis is. I don't know. I don't see it. I'll just say that. I don't see it. Well, I don't know if it's going to be crazy. My thing was going to be kind of alluding to that. My crazy prediction is that Bryce Young doesn't go number one overall. I just think that there's, there's just a little smoke there. That's all. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And it, it it does go to Matt Glade's team, the Panthers, and they just they've been kind of like tied to you know Bryce Young, then C.J. Stroud, now Bryce Young again, and it's like seemed like he was a lock for the last two weeks and nothing else. And I'm just like, just seems a little interesting to me. We'll we'll, we'll find out though. Uh, we're what is it? Two hours and twenty three minutes away from the start of the first round. Uh, you can catch all the coverage tonight 
uh, on, I believe it's on NFL Network and ESPN. I don't know if ABC has it tonight, but at least those two spots. Um, I'll uh, have an article up on uh, our social media channels in a little bit, but you can go to the homepage of kslsports.com and uh, see right there how to watch the NFL draft. Got it all broken down for you. Any which way you want to consume the NFL draft, it's right there for you. But make sure that you follow kslsports.com tonight, uh, KSL Sports Live on Channel 5 uh, here in the state of Utah, uh, all the coverage. And then Michelle's going to have some great stuff to, to follow up, I'm sure. Uh, Michelle, are you going to do your uh, your early projection story like you did last year? I always look forward to those ones just because yeah. then it gives me it gives me my list that I can work <laughs> on for the next 12 months. It does the, the work for me. You know what? I really need to go back and actually read that and see how many of them I got right. Because um, <laughs> I don't remember. I, I mean, I just barely started. So it was kind of a whole whirlwind uh, of just having a bunch of stuff thrown at me. So it would be interesting to see how many of those I got right. But yeah, I think... I think, you know, why, now that we're kind why? of in the quiet season again, like let's let's yeah throw throw some go names on the wall and see if they stick for next year. Hey, we'll we'll look at that and then we'll also go back and we'll look at Sam's twenty twenty two mock draft and we'll compare. We'll see how many <laughs> each of you guys Probably got wasn't right. Good. The mock draft stuff is always fun because you're like you're putting it together that's and you're right. like, Oh yeah, that's that's like gonna be a great fit for them. It's totally gonna be one of these teams and then some random team you didn't even think of. Uh, I remember uh a few years ago when Jordan love was coming out, I put together this list and I was like, all right, these are all the teams that I could see getting a quarterback and like Aaron Rodgers is in green base. So I'm like, there's no way that like, these, <laughs> like that didn't even come to my mind. So I put together a list and I'm like, these are the 14 teams, like almost half the league could take a quarterback and none of them were the Packers. And I was like, so this article, I was like, ah, I clearly don't know what I'm talking about either. So <laughs> I don't think anyone saw that move coming. That was a really random move on the Packers part. <laughs> yeah, no, super, uh, super fun. I love, I love the draft for that uh, exact thing, the surprises, and hopefully we get some tonight. But uh, we'll wrap this up. But I want to have everybody know where they can follow you guys. Uh, you can follow uh, Michelle on Twitter at Bodkin KSL Sports, and then Sam is at samsworth underscore ksl uh, you can also follow each of them on instagram uh they put out some good stuff on the ig as well but make sure that you follow us on kslsports.com ksl sports app and uh we'll have everything for you wrapping up the the coverage tonight kslsports.com everybody have fun A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.